Hey everyone. Before we get into the content of today's episode, just wanted to let you know that we recorded this episode pre-COVID. So the information is still absolutely relevant uh, for to learn about your overall health and well-being, um, but it was recorded before, so we just wanted you to know that. Gina, anything to add? Let's get into it, girl. All right, let's hit it. Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Are you a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, not good enough, and like you don't have control over your career? Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. Tune in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, our own inspirational stories and experiences, as well as our guests, and practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism in the industry. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to On Stage with Wellness. This is episode number 13. I can't believe it. This is Gina and... Zani. <laughs> um, 13 is actually my lucky number, so I'm um, really? actually really excited about this episode. Wow. <laughs> wonder so, how many people have that as their lucky number. I mean, it's, it's traditionally an unlucky number, but not for me. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. That's um, so today we're going to talk about our journeys with health and how back in the day when we were young and young and dumb, <laughs> we thought <laughs> what we thought health was. And um, I know in, in uh, episode number 10, we talked about kind of where we are now in our health journeys and um, how our health coaching education has changed how we feel about health and, and kind of how we are now. Um, but this is going to take us way back and talk about how we how we uh, had the misconceptions that we did and and our childhood. Danny, do you want to start yes, with? Stuff. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Do you want to start with you? Like, what was your journey with health, and what did you think was healthy growing up, especially as a young dancer? Mm, yes. Um. Okay. Word. So. I mean, when I was, I mean, I'll take you like way back, you know, I, please. Yeah. <laughs> when I was like, you know, very young, I mean, I think we had kind of like some opposite things going on, but I was one of those kids that was just like always tiny and, um, I would just like eat whatever I wanted all the time and like not gain a pound. Like that's kind of how I was when I was like real young, you know? Um, so I was one of those annoying kids, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, and you know, all the adults, like my parents, everyone be like, eat, 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 you know? And like, I, I, at a certain point, I think I was like age 10, I, I developed like an enormous appetite and I would eat like my whole plate and like everyone else's plate around me. Like I was mm -hmm. like, and everyone was just like, wow, I can't believe you can eat that much. And like, I really was excited about that identity. I was like so proud that like I could eat so much and <laughs> you know, whatever, still be tiny. It's crazy. Whatever. Yeah, no, it was, it was, I had a really fast metabolism. Um, and I was very hyperactive. Like I still am, but, uh, what? I've, That's, I've no. <laughs> chilled out a bit. Yeah, no, no, you're not hyper. 
Oh gosh. I'm such a spaz. Anyway. <laughs> um, but at a certain point, um, I think around, well, I mean around when like puberty hits, you know, um, and then like through freshman year of college is when like my body changed and I did gain like a bit of weight freshman year. And I guess you can call it, you know, the freshman 15 or whatever. Wow. Um, but it was, it was, I think mostly from eating. I mean, yeah, I started like drinking a bit, but I wasn't like, I wasn't a, I was never like a crazy drinker. Were you still like the same activity level? Like were you still just as yeah. active? Okay. Yeah. Because I was dancing like every day in college, you know, mm. modern ballet class, um, rehearsals, you know, like full day of activity dance, walking like 15 blocks, uh, to class and back to the dorms like yeah. every day in the city. So I was very active still, but I just happened to like gain weight. You know, I don't know exactly what it was. It was like body changing, eating differently, eating more. Like I got to school and I was like eating pizza every day for lunch and like, you know, things that, I wasn't normally doing at home necessarily. Not that I was eating healthy at home. I was not, um, but, <laughs> but I was eating differently. So, yeah. Um, so that's when I realized I was like, oh, I have to lose weight because I had gained all this weight and I wasn't feeling great in dance class. And in my mind, I was like, dancers need to be thin. So I need to lose weight. So I went on Weight Watchers with my mom. Good old Weight Watchers. Good old, and this was like, I mean, I think, I think Weight Watchers has changed a bit now, but this is when it was very like, um, like very restrictive, like calorie deprivation. Like you were, you know, counting your points a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for like a summer and it be like, I, I basically thought, okay, eating healthy was restricting and only eating like certain things. Um, and that's kind of like what I learned. And then, so I did end up losing like all the weight. Like I lost like 12 pounds or something in the course of like four or five months. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I did. And, but then after the diet, I was kind of like, I don't know how to eat. And in my mind, I was like, I guess I still have to like, you know, deprive myself. Like I, and that's not what I called it at the time, but looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, that was like, I was completely depriving myself and doing like extreme things. Like I would be, I would be like, oh, I already like, you know, ate this candy bar and those were like half my points <laughs> for lunch. So it's like, okay, I can't eat dinner or I have to eat like, you know, only like a steamed broccoli bowl. And that was like it or something like that. Um, so it was very like less, less food, the better. Um, so which would cause me to go into like, you know, really like all these like craving swings. Like I would have like massive cravings and go on, like, I would go to a party and like eat literally like everything out on the table. And I would just like go on a binge fest and then I would feel bad. And then the next day I would be like, okay, I can't eat that much. And I would like eat, like, I don't even remember what I ate, but like, like, I don't know, eggs for breakfast, but like nothing in them. And like, you know, just like really like plain things. <laughs> Just like the egg whites. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Ugh, egg whites. I actually <laughs> ever was like an egg white person. I was like, fuck egg whites. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, basically I, that's what I thought was being healthy. I thought it was restricting. I thought mm. it was depriving yourself and I thought it was having to look a certain way and having to be really thin. Like I never took into consideration like how important it was to have energy, how important food was in order to, to get energy, to have energy. Um, and it was just this like weird cycle up until 
pretty much up until almost I went to health coaching school. Like a little before that, I started to become more aware and started to learn a little bit more about nutrition. Um, mm. And partly because I ended up giving myself like digestive issues because of the, de- the deprivation. Like I was constantly going back and forth. I was taxing my system. My poor little body had no idea like what was going on. <laughs> I was just like deprived basically, as I've said many times already. <laughs> oh my God. So what type of, um, describe your digestive, uh, symptoms. Yes. Um, well, it's pretty embarrassing. I had, the, <laughs> sure it's not, no, no, it's pretty bad. Um, it was just like uh, really bad gas, like just mm. like constantly farting and like, I couldn't help it. Like they would just like leak out and they would smell really bad. Like eggs. So I'm giving you guys like TMI, <laughs> but everyone who went to college with me knew this. So if anyone is listening, <laughs> my class at Marymount already knows this. Like literally the director of the dance department, I went back to visit and she remembers that you were the farter. She remembers it because there was a point in like ballet one time where everyone cleared the bar and she was like, what's going on? And everyone like had to step away from the bar because it smelled so bad. So (laughs) that's like how bad it was guys. It was just real bad. I commend you for your bravery today. Thank you. I feel really comfortable sharing that really, honestly. But oh my gosh. I know you and your sorry boyfriend are so real about that. <laughs> so it's okay. Oh my sorry God. Anyone else is uncomfortable, but no, I, I am not uncomfortable. I think that a lot of people in this industry can, uh, relate to that. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, like I've, I've heard that from other, from other dancers too. Like, yeah, you know, they just, they got some gas and they don't know why. Yeah. They don't know why. And did yeah. you know why? Um, at, the time? at the time, no. But mm-hmm. still currently, like, I haven't – there's never been, like, a real diagnosis. Like, oh, you have SIBO or something. Like, that's mm-hmm. – I've never been, like, diagnosed with something in particular. But, um, I mean, I think it was a whole host of things. But I actually think one of the things was I was a really fast eater. Mm-hmm. So I ate – like, I always overate. I always mm. ate way more than my body could actually handle. Right. So I would eat really fast and I would eat too much. And then I would just feel really bloated. Yeah. And my body never fully digested anything. Yeah. So therefore- It was under was inflammation gassy. and yeah. stress can do so much to your digestive system. I'm sure it yeah. was like all of those things combined. Yeah. I think I might've had candida too. Mm. Um, and it was it started to develop around the time I went on- birth control. And I don't know if that's like related, but I mean, it could possibly be, it might've been, I think my body was just kind of like changing. And I was like, Oh, I was really only feeding it like simple carbs and sugars and like cheese. Like that was like my main diet too, back in the day. Yeah. So I wasn't eating a lot of vegetables, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was crazy. And I'm sure like a lot of young dancers, who can also relate to that where they're like, I can eat whatever I want because I don't gain a pound and you know what I mean? And yeah, I completely uh, understand that mindset because there's a lot of people that are like that as well um, who yeah. have that mindset and who just can eat whatever they want. And, yeah. and when they get to a point where they don't burn as many calories or they've stopped dancing or they've been injured or whatever, right they find themselves eating way too much because they're used to consuming so many calories. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's, I think it's one of those things too, where it's hard to make changes unless you see some kind of, uh, see some need to do to make changes. Like if you're not seeing a specific result, you know, like if you're eating whatever and you're not gaining a pound or you're not feeling like garbage, then you're not seeing the, the, the physical reason why you should make better, like different choices. So you're exactly going on that path until it's like, like all of a sudden you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, this isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. Cause when you're younger, you feel invincible, you know, you can eat whatever you want and party for hours on end and and get like two hours of sleep and be okay. But over, over time, that little flame of inflammation in your body starts to happen and it grows and grows and grows and grows until something like that happens, whether it's your digestive system or, um, some type of like hormone issue or, um, you know, something with your cycle, like it can happen in very small amounts over time. And that continual inflammation will create a bigger problem later, but that's why it's so important. And Danny and I like believe this a whole hundred percent is that it's, uh, it's better to prevent things and get on a better eating pattern the younger you are, because if you develop these habits at a younger age and then get into a point where you're not dancing as much and you've completely switched around your life, you're not going to want to eat vegetables. You're not going to want to eat those things because you've been used to eating a certain way forever. Yeah. So, and I think one, one other thing to just mention in terms of like what I was, what I was going through, but like making those, making changes was challenging because I had a kind of like a FOMO mentality. I felt like I'd be missing out on like eating specific foods or, you know, going to a party or, you know, doing specific things. Like I kind of lived in that like FOMO mentality, which kept me from making better choices sooner. Um, you know, so I think it's important to think, you know, what's best for me, what's best for my body, not necessarily like what's going on with everybody else. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. So JJ, <sighs> I, I made up that weird name for you. Hey, that's know. okay. Um, BT dubs. I want my grandma name to be Gigi. So oh. I'm putting that on record and my husband can't say anything <laughs> about it. So <laughs> perfect. Gigi, mama Gigi. <laughs> Grandma Gigi <laughs> into house, into house um, girl. Tell us about your your journey. What was it like for yeah. you when you were younger? Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Well, I mean, it's not it's not too much different from from your journey, to be honest. Um, I come from a family where we gain weight easily, and that was always in the back of my mind. Um, growing up being very active, but also like being in a family of, of four kids where, you know, my mom was always taking us to practices and, and cheering competitions. And, you know, we ate on the go a lot, excuse me, we ate on the go. And, um, but when we were at home, like growing up when we were very young, we would have quote unquote balanced meals. Um, and I would have, you know, the typical like meat, potatoes, a, a starchy vegetable, and then you'd have like a glass of milk on the side that you had mm-hmm. to finish. And so that was kind of my diet for a, a huge portion of my childhood. Um, and then it got to the point where like we were so busy when I was probably around like nine, nine to 
to 12 was a really difficult time for me because I was, um, we were always eating things on the go, like to games and things like football games. So we'd have like fast food and like you said, you know, you were burning so many calories that you didn't really see a difference really. Cause you were like, I'm burning all of this. Like I'm so hungry. And, and, you know, you didn't know the difference between like healthy and non-healthy. Um, we thought it was a treat and we were excited to get it. Um, and you know, it was easy. It was fast. So we ate like a lot of like package things, process things around that time. And around that time when I was 12, I started uh, my period and got um, into puberty very, very young. Yeah. Looking, looking back now, I was like, I don't think I should have started puberty that early. I mean, this is a whole nother, this is a whole nother topic yeah. um, about hormone balance. But when you're consuming so much dairy, like I was with cheeses and mm-hmm. butter and cream cheese and the, the nightly milk that I would have with my dinner, I, I drank so much milk. Yes. I developed like a lot of, not a lot, but like a decent amount of acne. And I, um, I never really had like completely clear skin and I gained a little bit of weight around like fourth, fifth grade. That's when I really started to see my body change because I had started my period. Your hormones are different and you start to develop things that maybe not everybody has. Um, so that was, that was a little bit embarrassing for me because I felt like I didn't look like everyone else. I was gaining a little bit more weight because of my um, eating habits. And then obviously, like I said, with the hormones, um, and the high estrogen that I had. So I started to develop a little bit of like depressive, uh, thoughts and, um, a little bit of negativity and a lot of shame involved with what I looked like. And I did, I no longer like wanted to go, you know, um, like wearing a leotard and in dance class was a little bit like, Oh, I feel a little like weird. And I was, you know, the biggest person in the class Um, so that was really embarrassing for me. So I started to take measures into my own hands and like read health magazines and read all this information on, on, uh, in books and in everything that I could put my hands on. Like, what were those like tiny magazines, um, all about health? They were like this big. Oh man. Uh, Dean Vogue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I, I also I read just, those. I just remember I feel like Teen Vogue was like small, like, those, like smaller versions. Oh, I mean, most likely, but I mean, I was seeing not only, I mean, I wasn't like really into looking at media photos and all of that, the way that we are in this day and age. Um, cause we didn't really have the internet and we were, didn't really have access to that, but I was seeing mostly like oh, the kids that were around me and they were all like really small. Mm. And like real thin and without even trying and basically able to eat, you know, like you said, whatever you wanted. So I was kind of on the other end of the spectrum where I was like, I can't eat what I want now because I'm starting to gain weight. So basically the way that you felt in college, I felt when I was 12 years old. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I started to research and hilariously, like I would come up with my own, like, diet plans. And I was on Weight Watchers when I was 12. And 
gosh. Yeah. Crazy times. Um, there's so many kids who probably are too, like, Oh yeah. On these diets. And of course. Oh yeah. I even like took, um, and around that time, my, my parents were going through a divorce. So like I was emotionally eating. Mm -hmm. I had like a lot of issues with my self-esteem and, um, you know, I would eat my favorite food was like bread and butter. And I like still to this day, not going to lie, like love a good bread and butter, (laughs) (laughs) but but I was doing more unhealthy eating in the form of like comfort, comfort eating. Right. Right. And, but I was also on the other end of the spectrum, like depriving myself where I was like, I have to eat this way. Like I'm going to go on this diet and, but didn't really know what I was doing, but like, was like, Oh, I have to lose weight because I just look bad. I look, you know, fat. So Mm -hmm. I, um, even to the point where I started taking diet pills at that young age. Yeah. It was, it was pretty extreme. Um, and emotions were flying. Your hormones are, are, causing you to be irrational. They're already so sensitive at that stage, exactly. you know, because they're like changing and developing. And then to then do that to your body on top when it's already trying mm-hmm. to figure itself out. Right. Yeah. You were going against your like natural growth. Exactly. Exactly. And then I noticed uh, a lot that in my um, like cheerleading teams or dance teams or whatever, I would be rewarded with food. So like, not only was I eating emotionally when I was feeling bad about myself, but I was also being rewarded with food. Oh, you did, you did great. Or like you won this competition or like you, you know, whatever, let's go get a treat or, you know, I would get a Snickers bar after Mm. dance class. Like, no, like that was not, (laughs) not okay. That's what, that's what kids were taught. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I, uh, fast forward, I was in, uh, my senior year, I think of high school and I had a better idea of like what to eat and I was a lot more active. And, um, so I was noticing that I was losing a little bit more weight because I was active, but I didn't really know a hundred percent how to, eat the way that I should for my personal body. Um, I was basically just eating what I thought was right and being that quote unquote good girl and, you know, turning into a perfectionist. And that was like my high school years Mm -hmm. where like, I just wanted to be good and be right. So I, um, I lost a little bit of weight around that time and then got into, um, AMDA and got into, um, you know, Disney cruise line. And I was still around the same size. So I, um, I didn't think anyone, anything was wrong. So I started to notice that I wasn't, that I was still eating emotionally and still confused about what I should be eating. And, um, so I developed those same eating habits while I was on the ship. And not until I went to health coaching school, did I figure out like, Oh, that may not be the right thing for my body. I should be eating something else. And I don't really know what it is, but I should probably be figuring it out. So mm-hmm. sounds like it was the same for you then with me, but like going to health coaching school, going to IN was the first time I ever learned really that like, you know, 
um, like diet information isn't necessarily like, like what works for you, you know, like that. It's just super individual. Um, what works for one person doesn't work for someone else or it works for you might not work for someone else. Um, but that whole idea of bio-individuality, which we learned, um, was just something I'd never heard of before because before that, you know, growing up, you know, from what I can tell from your experience and from mine, it was like, these foods are good. These foods are bad. This is what you should eat. This is what you shouldn't eat. And like diet culture was huge. And it's like, if you want to lose weight, like you must go on a diet and like, here's the food pyramid and you should be eating, you know, all these things, these things, whatever. Um, and it just, the information wasn't necessarily correct because it wasn't based off of like your own individual body. It was based off of like, okay, here's generally what works. Um, and the truth is a lot of stuff that we learned when we were younger that, that worked actually don't work for most, you know, um, like in terms of like the food pyramid, you know, like I remember like grains were at the bottom and you should be eating like the most grains, which, yes. you know, we were doing as a household and most people were, and that's when obesity rates were rising. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Like, it wasn't, that wasn't the right approach necessarily. Yeah. And those, I mean, like you said, those are the things that we were looking at and, and looking to for guidance of, because we were noticing like our bodies look different. Like we should take this into our own hands. What should we do? And of course, like around that time, there was so much confusion around diet and around eating and around what we should be eating. And it was, you know, it was all about what our government wanted us to eat based on, you know, um, you know, I'm trying yeah. to think of the word. I can't think of the word. Sub subsidy subsidies sub subsidized. Oh, subsidized foods like yes, corn yes. and soy and grains yes. and all those things. So yes. of, and dairy. So yeah, of course cheaper. they're going to promote those things exactly. um, more because they want us to consume them. So of course, like I was basically the typical American child. Yeah, doing doing what we are told yeah. to do. Yeah. And it wasn't until we went to IIN where we really just opened our minds to, no, like, that's not correct. They made that based on money, not Ugh, based yeah. on nutritional information or the fact that everybody eats differently. Mm-hmm. And they're not teaching us a vital skill, which is how to listen to our bodies and how mm-hmm. to, you know, cause I was bloated. I was bloated and I was, yes. And of course, like you look at the rest of your family members and they're like, Oh yes. Like we have that problem too. And <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, but it that's not so normal. Yes. And they normalize it. And you're like, no, this is actually not normal. Yeah. Um, what is happening here is, if, is the fact that we're not eating correctly. Right. So we shouldn't have to feel that way. It's not something that's genetic. I mean, yeah. Some things might be, um, and turned on, you know, due to different activities that you take on from your family members, but essentially like you should not be feeling bloated every time you eat something. No. Yeah. That's something that like riles me up. Just realizing that like the food industry, like their agenda is money. Their agenda is not helping you to be the healthiest you could possibly be. And that's why like you see commercials for all these packaged foods, you know, it's just, it's certain companies have a monopoly over the, over the, um, industry, (laughs) um, you know, so they, they're, they're controlling the way that we see food and that we see diet and we see health, Mm -hmm. you know, like the dairy industry, they have, they have huge control over, over 
governmental food regulations. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're going to, they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that it's known that, you know, dairy is good and everyone has to eat, consume dairy. But the truth is, is dairy doesn't work for everybody. A lot of people have issues with dairy, um, and it could have to do with the quality or it could have to do with just dairy. And, you know, it's like, I mean, really, you know, everything in moderation, I think in a lot of ways, like for some people it doesn't work, but I think the reason that sometimes things don't work for some people is because they overconsumed it. At Absolutely. A point. So then your body starts to reject it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gluten and dairy are the biggest allergies because they're in literally every Everything. food that we consume. And then of course, now people are having soy allergies. People are having nut allergies, but look yeah. around like all of our packaged food has those things in them. So yeah. of course we're developing allergies because we're over consuming them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We could talk about this for days, girl. <laughs> so tell me what would your typical meal be when you were 10? Ooh, when I was 10. Um, I mean, I, what I remember eating at home is mostly pasta. Like we had pasta probably almost every single night. Like that was like the food of choice. And like, I still love pasta, but it took me a while to realize, oh, you know, what else can I eat besides pasta for dinner? Because I was just so used to only eating that. So that was pretty much like it. Like I would come home from dance like late and I would have like a big plate and it would be like a huge plate too of like regular pasta with tomato sauce and Parmesan cheese all over. And that was like, that was my meal. Yeah. Every single night almost. Um, what about lunch and breakfast? Lunch? Um, I feel like lunch was probably like peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, maybe I had a piece of fruit, um, but I always had some sort of like junk food snack. Like I yeah. would always have like um, – I mean, my parents would try not to buy junk food snacks, but then I would ask for them and like I would eat them at other people's houses. So then they just like kind of – you know, ended up buying them, but I would have like Dunkaroos and like Gushers and oh my god, like, Dunkaroos! Oh my lord, yeah. And I <laughs> ate a lot of like chips and salsa. Mm, <laughs> and, like, yep. Um, but I feel like what I remember being packed for lunch was like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich always, and then breakfast was probably like a pop tart or a bowl of sugary cereal or maybe I had a waffle, like a frozen Mm -hmm. waffle with syrup. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, look at that, like, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, we're all like heavy, heavy carbs and sugar and sugar. Exactly. I had no vegetables. Mm -hmm. So like my, my gut never developed like, you know, good prebiotics and probiotics. Um, I was, I wasn't eating anything with like good, healthy bacteria. So my gut also was, you know, not developing at a young age, um, which could have also contributed to the digestive issues down the road. A hundred percent. Yeah. What about you? Oh man, girl, it's, uh, it's pretty similar to yours. So I'd probably start off my day with like, I don't know, Cheerios or. Oh, Cheerios. Yeah. I did love, uh, Fruit Loops. I thought Fruit Loops were really good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought they were so good. <laughs> oh my God, they were really good. Ooh, wait, did but, you love Reese's Puff cereal? Because I love Reese's no. Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> I was so addicted to Reese's peanut butter cups. So eating that for breakfast was like, oh, and Captain Crunch. Oof. 
Oh my God. Yes. Captain Crunch and Tricks. Woo girl. They were really good. Yeah. Captain Crunch was good. I used to like Lucky Charms mainly for the marshmallows. Duh. Oh, yeah. You would only eat the marshmallows. Duh. Duh. Um, but yeah, like you said, sugary cereal with carbs. I'd even probably throw a banana on there. Again, wow, more sugary carbs, but yeah. still. <laughs> I mean, still, yes. At least it's like a piece a of A for fruit. effort. Yeah. A for effort for the fruit. However, it's probably not helping. <laughs> um, for lunch, I'd probably have like a ham and cheese sandwich with a side of like the little snack pack chips. Mm. So like, again, carbs with the dairy and with the potatoes and the salt. And, and it probably wasn't like, we did try to have like whole grain or whole wheat, quote unquote, <laughs> bread. <laughs> Which still was like highly processed. It, exactly. Exactly. I'm it sure. was still or stripped of nutrients for sure. Um, it could last on the shelf for like a month and that's how you know it's not right not great bread exactly exactly so dinner dinner my my parents tried to do really well um when we were at home we would have um you know a starchy uh vegetable and then we'd have uh maybe like a little side salad and then we'd have a meat um whether it was like pork chops or, you know, whatever, but all of those things were doused in butter. Um, and a lot of the time, like <clears throat> it would be sprinkled in cheese. If it was something, um, I don't know, we would even put ranch dressing in our mashed potatoes. So like, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Cause oh, I mean, we grew up in Virginia, like from the South, yeah. you know, there was a lot of things like that happening in our family where, you would just add butter to everything and just, it would just make it really fatty and make it really um, delicious, which <laughs> agreed it does, <laughs> but not the best. Um, and then if we were out, we would just pick up fast food, whether it was like Burger King or um, McDonald's or whatever, or Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And it was always like a chicken sandwich and fries, you know? So you're constantly eating those potatoes those starches, those, you know, way Speaking of treat, like fast food was a treat for us too. Yeah. You know, like fast, uh, fast food, ice cream, candy, like those were treats. Those were like a special occasion. Like, you know, so it just, it taught us like, you know, that unhealthy foods are a reward. Exactly. And is that is a huge misconception. Yeah. Because then you want the reward all the all time. All the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same as like, I mean, this is what I think, but it's the same as like, you know, alcohol is bad. Don't drink alcohol. You're going to want to drink alcohol. You're going to want to try that. Of course. Same thing. Like this food isn't great, but it's like a special reward. Like you're going to want it. Your, your body, your brain is yep. like, oh, I want that. Yeah. And then coming from a childhood where you're like, you shouldn't eat this, but we're going to eat it anyway. And you're yes. going to, you know, and we're going to have it out of convenience yes. because we don't have time yes. or because you did something awesome. What does that teach you when you become an adult and you make your own money, you have your own life and you want to be in control, you control what you want to eat. So then you start saying like, nobody's going to tell me that I can't eat this. Nobody's going to tell me that I can't, you know, have McDonald's for, for lunch and dinner and, you know, whatever. So I'm going to do this because I'm rebelling against like what I shouldn't be doing. I'm going to do it because I have my freedom. I have my own money. I'm able to buy what I want and that's what I'm going to buy. 
So like that is a huge uh, mindset that is passed on from our childhood into our adulthood because we did not develop a healthy relationship with food. And we think that it's something that, um, that we are rewarded with based on our performance or based on like our emotions. Um, we don't know how to express our emotions and then we don't know how to, um, to eat in, in a healthy relationship with food. Um, yeah. So I think we both had the, that issue. Yeah. And then when you're taught to eat too, like eat these, um, these foods that react in your body by kind of like upping your blood sugar and kind of like moving your blood sugar up and down pretty quickly, like those uh, simple carbohydrates, simple sugars, like what that does is that never, that never teaches your body uh, how to react naturally to food. Like it's always going to then crave more foods like that. So then you end up eating just based off of your cravings and not actually eating what your body needs. Mm -hmm. And your body is always going to feel like it's missing out on something. It's always going to be deprived because it actually is deprived. Mm -hmm. So the irony of it all is that like, I, you know, we both were depriving ourselves. Um, and then we were stuck in this cycle of deprivation and craving foods and our body was nutrient deprived. Our mm -hmm. body wasn't getting nutrients. Mm -hmm. So it was constantly in this, like stuck in this cycle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just so interesting. I mean, you know, looking back on it, it like, it all makes sense, you know, yeah. <laughs> like how we ended up where we are now. What would you have told your younger self when you were 10 years old, some, some guiding wisdom around how to eat and their relationship with food? Um, well, I think now, like, you know, um, you know, cause I don't, I don't know if I necessarily would say anything to my younger self because I think it needed to go through that journey, you know? Um, but in terms of like, you know, if I were to have kids now, you know, how I would kind of guide them, um, you know, I think we, I think I would just, you know, encourage them. We would, you know, eat more whole foods <laughs> as much as possible. And, you know, I wouldn't encourage deprivation. Like if you're hungry, like eat, you know, and, um, you know, stop when you're full and, you know, chew your food. Um, and, um, but also like, you know, it, you should have a variety of foods in your diet. Like it is good to, you know, eat things that maybe aren't great for you. But instead of, instead of saying this is a bad food or this is a reward, maybe like reframing it in a different way, you know, like just eating it because we're eating it, you know? Um, I don't even know if I really have an answer, but I think it's important not to like teach our brain that like, you know, you get an answer right on a test, you get a piece of candy. Yeah. So true. And that's the problem with schools right now is they're like, oh yeah, you get a great answer. Here's, here's a Hershey kiss. And you're like, right. what? No. <laughs> right. But then also in cafeterias, they're like, you know, feeding kids, not the greatest options. <laughs> right. Right. And all day long, they're just like not eating foods that are like nourishing their their bodies and their brains. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have Do you have wisdom? What about your wisdom? Um my my what would you wisdom. Tell your younger self. <laughs> my wisdom. I think 
the biggest lesson that I wish I would have learned at a younger age was ingredient lists. I wish Mm. that I would have known more about what was in our food and why they were there and how they affected our bodies. Because learning about that, getting older, it scares me because now I'm like, I don't want that in my body. I don't want that. And I think when you're, when you teach your children and that this comes from the earth, this is natural. Your body is meant to eat this and this chemical over here. We don't know where this comes from. This Mm -hmm. is not real. This is not, you know, a whole food. You're going to teach your child that like that is not going to feel good because your body is not going to recognize that. Yeah. And then this food over here, this carrot or these, you know, these greens over here, they grew from the earth. And I think that real issue with children is that they don't know where their food comes from. Yeah. They're super disconnected. And when you teach a child that you can grow a, a potato or a tomato and that is your body is going to recognize that. I think you can make the connection that, oh, you know, I meant to eat this, you know, God made this for me or like the earth made this for me to eat. But this thing that's made in a lab called natural flavors or caramel color number zero one, like what the fuck is that? (laughs) Here. Your digestive system is going to be like, whoa, buddy. Like, I don't recognize this red flag. Yeah, like, ah, inflammation. I'm going to freak out on you. Yeah. Um, and I think if I going looking back and and moving forward, even um, with my own children, I'm I'm definitely going to teach them about that special gift that we that we are given, which is, you know, Earth's food, which is plant based food, and and that is what we should be feeding our bodies, not things that come from a lab and to be their own little detective about that. Take them to the farmer's market, grow like a little garden with them or, you know, um, I think that's so important. That's so true. Yeah. Ingredient labels, everything. Yes, for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, I know. (laughs) About your, um, your self-assessment, Gina? Yes, yes. So um, I know Danny was talking a lot about um, how her journey was, you know, she didn't gain weight. She would eat a lot. And that was kind of her pattern of eating when she was younger. And then when she got older, she noticed that that was not working for her or her body had changed. And I kind of chatted about that as well, how our bodies do change. And, and we get in this pattern of how we eat which is maybe larger portions or eating everything from, from processed foods. Um, and then we really wake up one day and we don't know why we've gained weight or we don't know why our, our hormones are imbalanced. And so I have this freebie that I'm promoting through my uh, Gina Daniels coaching um, that I'm super excited about. It's a self-assessment. So basically it's called the five habits performers adopt between contracts. For me personally, I noticed that um, when I was on contract for 10 months at a time, I would, you know, eat a lot to fuel my performances, maybe not the right foods. Maybe sometimes I did, but then I would get off contract and I'd be like, "Ugh, I was deprived of like McDonald's and I was deprived of Chick-fil-A and, and Chipotle and like all these things. And, and I'd be like, yum, yum, yum. You know, I'd eat, 
eat all these things because I was in quote unquote vacation mode. And it just, and then I would wonder why I wasn't like fit enough to go back on contract two months later. And I didn't really feel good in my body. And so I wanted to develop a self-assessment where you could, you know, see all these patterns of habits that we adopt, whether it's like eating too much and we're not as active or you um, eat like treats because you were deprived of them during your contracts. So I developed this where you can check off the things that you've adopted and see a pattern of how you're eating, whether it's your exercise routines and you don't really know what to do in the gym to benefit your performances, or even just like a mindset where you're only thinking about performing in your next gig and you don't really think about everything else that's happening in your life, whether it's, you know, personal growth or relationships or whatever. Um, so I encourage you to head on over to either my Instagram or my Facebook or my website. You can click on um, the link tree in Instagram. I know most of you guys will be on Instagram. Um, it's the first link at the very top. Um, download that and then you can assess yourself to see if these are things that you're actually doing. Um, and if they are, you know, great, we can definitely, and Danny and I know, like you can definitely... Um, change that or make small shifts, whether it's with your nutrition or your lifestyle or your mindset, um, to help you get through those periods of not being on contract. So I encourage you all to head on over and download yes. it. I would really appreciate it. Everybody um, do it. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it, no, it, it'll be super interesting to like learn about yourself and like learn about your habits, especially if you're, you know, either not seeing the results that you want to be seeing mm -hmm. or you're not feeling your best. Like yep. this is a great way to like, just take the first steps. So absolutely really great, really great assessment. Thank you. And it all starts with yourself, like being yeah. more self-aware and that's what we're doing here today. We're looking back at how <laughs> we were and like the habits that we had as a, as a kid and then yeah. how we feel now. And we're just constantly self-assessing, not in a judgment way. And that's no. not what this self-assessment is about. It's more about recognizing patterns and, and moving forward. And that is the best path that we can take right now. So yeah. awesome. Well, this was fun. It was totally fun. <laughs> and we will talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So we will talk to you guys next time. And for uh, episode number 14. We'll have a guest, right? No. No, we won't. We'll have a nice little practical tip for you guys we next time. We will, time. a practical tip. Yes. Stay, Stay, tuned. Tuned. Stay tuned. Oh my gosh, jinx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, creatives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world. Whether you're on tour, auditioning, or in your hometown community theater, share this with your cast, friends, and anyone in the industry who could benefit from this podcast. If you like what you hear, write us a review. You can do this through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Share with us what you liked and what you want to hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at On Stage with Wellness. You can follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Gina Daniels Coaching. You can find all the links you need in the show notes. Until next time, performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, 
and you are enough.